Une palabra no dice nada. Une ponspero con diamagoro. Une palabra no dice nada. Une perubio el nunca roro. Uh, welcome back to the podcast, folks. One man, one tree in the hill. I'm your host, Jared Waters. You know what? I don't know what that the name of the song is, but that's that's the ending of Man on Fire when he gives the girl back and she says, Señor Cristi. And then he's like, Una palabra. No dice nada. I feel like it's, I love, uh, I remember one time I went to this, uh, <laughs> it's like a Spanish karaoke place and I started singing that song and people started asking me, like, are you cute? from Cuba, and I, I think I have a universal black face, meaning that wherever country I go, they think I'm the black of that country. Like when I was in Cuba, they thought I was a black Cuban. Uh, when I was in the Dominican Republic, they thought I was Haitian. And when I was in Haiti, they said, welcome home. I was like, thank you. Panamanians think I'm Panamanian. Yeah, I look like the black of whatever country they have. But uh, yeah, shout out, shout out to whoever that artist is. Uh, welcome back. This is our, our, our weekly roundup. Uh, thank you for all the emails and all the comments. We truly appreciate that. Uh, we're going first going to go through the emails and then the current events, what's happening around the world. Uh, a lot of a lot of emails about uh, our dear friend JJ, JJ Donahue. And before we start getting into the JJ, this podcast is sponsored by Frontline Roofing and Restoration. Frontline Roofing and Restoration is a locally owned business specializing in residential roofing, commercial roofing, and restoration projects. If you would like to contact Frontline Roofing, the phone number is 513-375-7050. And if you want to email them, you can call, you can email them or you can go to their website, frontlineroofohio.com. Yes, and their email is frontline.roof at gmail.com. And you can use the promo code O-M-O-A-O-H. Oh, excuse me, O-M-O-T-A-H. That's one man, one tree in a hill and get you a free estimate from us to you. And also we would like to highlight a black business or black creator. Last week we did uh, Miss Jacqueline Street. Today we want to highlight my dear friend Megan Carradine. She started her YouTube channel. And her YouTube channel is called Natural Mama Jacks. Natural Mama Jacks is literally, uh, I'm going to read it just how she wrote it. I'm sharing my natural hair journey and life as a new mommy, which I'm rocking. Mommy videos coming up soon. So ladies and gentlemen, uh, check out her wonderful YouTube channel. And let's get to these emails and let's wrap up the week. Yes, a lot of emails about our dear friend from episode 37, J.J. Donahue. And yeah, you can feel free to hit him up. Just to let you know, uh, ladies, he is taken. He is taken to a nice young lady named Ming. But uh, I met JJ, let's see, let me count it. I can't even count it. 2004. I met him in 2004. And sometimes in life, like when you think back to high school, we're really not that far away in age when you become adults. But back in the day, I thought he was so young. But he's only two years younger than me, three years younger than me. And uh, honestly, I used to think I was a negative impact in his life because I was, like, partying and stuff like that. And he was, like, young. And usually, uh, like, with sports, is like, the only way you can interact with, like, elder statesmen. And that's how we bonded. And I'm just so proud of him, man. Sometimes in life, you got to hit the reset button. And I think in life, we got to make sure we check on these people that we just, they, you know, even though the pictures seem like you're doing good, it's like, hey, what's up, man? You all right? Everything good, and I'm so happy that he turned his life around. 
Just imagine him, a gun right to his hip, someone a gun about to kill this man. And uh, he got out of that situation, and now he's helping, he's helping, just helping the youth now in Taiwan. So imagine a kid going down that wrong path and coming into his office and saying, like, what he thinks. And JJ can be like, look, man, I've been there, man. I've literally been there, man. Pistol to the hip, and I fought it off like the baby. But, yeah, a lot, a lot of great times of him. Thank you so much for emailing, emailing us about him. A lot of emails about Miss Brandy. Thank you so much. We Our producers have hit us up about Brandy. Uh, Brandy Bozurek, let me tell you something about Brandy. Brandy is probably the, the most interesting person you can meet and one of the strongest women in the world. She didn't think her life was interesting, but I knew her life was interesting. And we, it's it's so funny how a lot of people have been emailing us. Just friends hitting me up saying, like, it's crazy how some of us all grew up the same about, like, when you're military brats, some people were raised like soldiers, you know, you come different types of families, but someone had that universal just like you're safe but alone at the same time. You're free. You have a, the ability free to make your own wishes, which I thought was amazing. Uh, so many funny stories how she met her husband when she said, when she said, oh, you about to get it tonight, boy. I was spitting up laughing. But it's it's amazing about finding new love. That's what it's about, being receptive to new love and her getting out of that abusive relationship and how. Your kids have saved your life, you know. That's crazy, just how your kids can save your life. Uh, people hit me up. I just want to let you know, she's a married woman. She's a married woman, but my friend's like, I got to collaborate with her. I said, well, hit her up. Don't hit me up. But uh, we put her we put her Instagram down there, so if you go to our Instagram, she's up there if you want to hit her up for advice. A lot of people are scared to write to the source, so you write me. But feel free to email me. We'll update on her life. We're getting a lot of feedback, a lot of reviews a lot of a lot of people listen through Spotify, but to the people who listen through Apple, uh, Apple, Apple Play, or iTunes, just drop a review and then we'll get right back to you. So I met Brandy, two thousand and one, and the reason why Brandy, <laughs> Brandy was always like our big homie. You know what I mean? She was always, even though she's not that older than me now, but like. In like high school, you think since someone's older than you, she was like that. So we were always with Brandy, and I remember a time we were about to get effed up. So I don't know how it is in high school now, but back in the day, they used to haze everybody. So when you were, they didn't beat up girls, but they were beating up, they were beating up young boys all the time. So I remember I used to run home all the time. It was fun, but sometimes you didn't want to get effed up in your church clothes. So I remember this dude was just, he hopped out his car. He chased me from the west side to the north side, and then we hop on the bus to avoid them. Turns out, as soon as we get off the bus, they're chasing us with a car, and then we find Brandy. Uh, Brandy was coming out of the shop. I was like, oh, God, Brandy, hey, what's the, hey, Miss Brandy, hey, hey, Brandy. And all due respect, she was very voluptuous at the time, so I knew these boys, these men would be distracted, and as soon as Brandy pulled up, what's up, y'all? I was like, oh, thank God, Brandy's here. Thank you so much. I was like, yeah, they're about to just beat us up. She's like, leave them alone. Leave them alone. Why y'all always messing with them? I was like, thank God, because I was like, I actually had like good clothes on. I had like first bought some cologne, and I was like, well, here we go, about to get effed up. But yeah, she saved us. She saved saved us from getting jumped. But that was Brandy Bozerick's story, and uh, a lot of people been asking us to release the full episode. That's what the email. Some people don't like waiting for like different parts, and we want to break these parts up because you know some people can't do three hours straight or an hour and a half, but. Turns out we got a lot of truckers here, and they like hearing the whole thing. So after this episode, we're going to post the full episode unedited with Brandy, and we'll give you the whole three and a half hours of her story. So uh, let's see what else is going on. 
So yeah, we're in phase three, New York City phase three, which honestly is is I like it. I freaking like it. New York feels like the South a little bit right now. There's open space, not that many people on the road. Like around nine o'clock, city pretty much is clean. You can go shoot a full freaking movie in Times Square because nobody's out there right now. Actually, that that's a great effing idea. I'm gonna do that, freak. I'm gonna do that tonight. I'm gonna go to Times Square, set up my cameras, and just shoot a movie of just me in Times Square alone. Because when are you ever gonna get that moment of just being alone in Times Square? So it's it's actually pretty cool. So I'm a stand-up comic, and uh, these week shows have been really good, really good. It's crazy how in life, everything that you've done in the beginning of your career comes back around and equips you for what's happening now. So a lot of stand-up comics aren't used to being outside or used to <coughs> doing a set and an airplane flies over your head. But I started in North Carolina and Florida. I've done shows in strip clubs, and trust me, you don't, the worst, the place to do stand-up is a strip club because you're doing the intermission. Right, so you're doing like so. A, sh- a, a girl goes out and dances. A woman goes out and dances. Then an intermission, you're doing stand up, and then another woman comes out. So when you're doing intermission, these guys are so upset. Oh, come on! You want jokes? I, I only got two hours for I have to go back to my kids. Come on, man! And you have to grab their attention fast. You got to grab their attention fast, and you got to realize there's girls walking out there, so they're going to be distracted. So you got to hit hard. It's like a, a speed bag type of jokes. So Thursday, I do this show called Horseplay Comedy Club. We do show Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays, but some of them are like you know, you know, just raised. But the the best ones were Thursdays, not to dis- distract the other ones. So Tuesday's called uh, the show is called Comedy in the Park. So we're in the park of Queens, right? So New York City looks so nice when you're like either outside of the city or like on top where you could see it. So we're doing that. So we're out in the middle of, <laughs> we're in the middle of a lawn. There's kids there, everything else. And you got to grab these people's attention. So that show was good. And then Thursday we did, it was horseplay comedy. It's Kalia Walker show. And I did it. And it's, this is how amazing it is. I'm like what you call in comedy. They're like different levels. We're like wolves. Like we're taking, like wolves. And we, we take the meats, the meats that some people leave behind or don't think the sheep is good. But I'm like, I'm, I'm hungry. So in comedy, they're all the big dogs, right? You got Chris Rock and all those dogs, right, that don't ask for stage time. Then you got the other guys with credits, right, the credits who've been on TV. They got all these albums and everything else. And you got the guys like us that have come out. We're like people that have beat the road up a long time from different parts of towns. We've been to different comedy festivals. But we have to prove every time we get on stage, it's like we're proving. Like people know us in the scene that we're comedians but we're always like you use us because you know you need someone to pick up the show and do stuff like that represent it but not represent it you know what i mean so this is our time to shine because you're always overly prepared so we're doing the show and i'm talking to some comics before and i could tell they haven't been on stage in a while and they get up there and they're doing the jokes are good but it's like kind of depressing a little bit and people are already depressed because they've been cooped up in the house for three months they want to be entertained they want quality jokes and everything else so <laughs> i look at khalil he looks at me uh jared you got something a uh, comic dropped out i said i always got something and uh do like 10 i did like 19 <laughs> i did like 19 minutes but it was just like that boom you get you can feel the energy getting back up it's like okay this is what you gotta do interact boom boom so it was good then my friend napoleon closed out the show but this is how it works like networking right 
So I run into my dog, Tobin Miller. Tobin Miller's like, hey, my show's tomorrow. I said, I'm definitely going to come through and check that out. We go to his show. Boom. Jared, do some time. Huh, you bet your bottom apple I will. And it's like a proscenium stage, like Shakespeare in the Park. So behind you, it looks like it looks like SeaWorld. You know, like, have you ever been to SeaWorld? It's like the tank. Imagine if there was no water in the tank in SeaWorld, and you're inside the stands. That's what's behind you. So we're doing shows like that, which is good, and it's crazy because I have a friend named Ibrahim Khalif. He's going to be on the podcast. He has his own podcast called Ignorant Negus. Ignorant Negus. And uh, he's an old man. And I think it's different when you're uh, – he's 39, 40. He's old. He might be that, that old. But sometimes when you're married with kids – you you don't like the patience of like let's go let's go to a different you're not getting on everything else but I'm like just be patient man be patient something's gonna happen so I'm over here shaking and baking networking boom Jared get on he goes dang I said I said I knew I just felt it I knew I was gonna get on so we do that show then we go down to PD Diabru show and that's when like Michael Che and all these SNL people are there and they're just riffing having a good time and then Saturday. Just today, well, this, we're, I always record late night. Saturday, my friend Julio Diaz and Luis Galea. I, I always F up his name. Galalia. Uh, it's good because he's now, it's crazy seeing my friends transform. He's uh, he's an actor. He's not. He's still a comic but an activist. So, like, he's developed this big following. They go out and protest, and then afterwards, the protests come to a comedy show. Sold out show. Packed out show. And just seeing how my friends, because they're, they're younger than me. I sometimes they think. I s- sometimes I tell them all the time. Even though I'm doing stand up longer, we're still in the same class of comics because we came in to New York City at the same time. And watching them grow is amazing. So that show was good. But everyone at this show were protesters, and it's very unique at getting their perspective on life. Because they're saying like, "Yeah, we're out on the front lines. We're doing this." And I'm like, "Yeah, shout out to you guys, freak. Yeah, f yeah." So that whole thing about being prepared. So that those shows are great, and uh. And this is how we got to the topic. So I'm leaving, and this comic, we're outside. We're all shooting the bird, stuff like that. We're getting this conversation, and it's like sort of like a barbecue whatever. And this comic, I'm saying congratulations on getting engaged. And he just said something that really grinded my graham crackers. He was like, let me pull it up. I'm going to pull up his engagement. Sometimes I get it. You ever get lost on Instagram? You ever, like, scroll on someone's Instagram stories, and then you get into someone's live? I'm like, oh, Jared, what's up? I'm like, freak, I don't want to be on this live with three people. <laughs> but, like, I, I love I love, I love, love how – the reason why I love IG stories – I know I get lost. The reason why I love IG stories is because it's like little movies about your friends' lives. You know, it's like everyone's shooting a movie, and I just love movies. Like, wow, look what these people are doing. So he gets engaged. Why do? Why am I saying that? Okay, all right, all right, all right. Because I'm seeing. I'm gonna pull up this. He's getting engaged. Oh freak! Look at my friend. I just went. My friend. Oh, my friend and her husband. They're soldiers. They're uh. They freaking uh. Oh, they just linked up. Let me put a heart underneath this. I be. I'm. A <laughs> my friend and her husband. They're soldiers, right? I don't want to put their business out. They they're probably like wait, you know. But it's like dope seeing. They take good pictures. Look at these beautiful pictures. It's like a picture of them like in a mask. Like I want to suggest, I like to. I want to suggest this picture to like black love couples, but I don't know if they don't. They don't want to. But yeah, what a beautiful couple. I, I'm always like that. I love love, man. I love love. So when people show love and display on Instagram, I'll just be lost on someone's <laughs> profile and just be clicking. I'm like, freak. Do I feel like a stalker? But look at these beautiful pictures. But yeah, shout out to them, freak. Shout out to them, f. 
F, yeah, shout out to them. I love it. I love this love. Oh, that's why I brought it up. So this dude, this comic, he gets engaged, and I'm saying congratulations, right? And it's all these dudes out there. And he's all like, you know why I got engaged, you know what I mean? The old ball and chain. <laughs> I had to get engaged, had to had to retire my jersey. And I'm like, what the f- what jersey did you read? What what team are you playing for? Like, what are you saying? Like, just say you love her, and that's the reason why you got engaged, because you don't want to spend the rest of your life without her. Like, what's what's up with, like, I don't know where sometimes dudes feel like they got to tell me the, the male bravado thing. And, like, all these comments are looking at me, and I'm just like, yeah, what's, just say you love her, man. What's wrong with that? We're saying congratulations, not making fun of you. I'm saying congratulations. You found someone to spend the rest of your life with. I was like, shoot, I got engaged. Like, I, I love being here. I love the idea of love, you know? Like, I tell my old lady, I was like, we both can be alone, but we choose to be together. That's the beauty part of being engaged. Like, we don't, we can, like, if anything happens, we can be alone, but we choose to be with each other. So, like, we're having this whole, dis- <laughs> we're having this whole discussion, and he goes, Jared, what's up? And next you know, I just said, I'm a soldier of love. <laughs> we just start singing Sade. And he goes, I get, he goes, oh, man, I didn't know you were offended. I was like, I'm not offended, but just like, just tell me that. Just just say you love her, man. You don't got to, you don't have to downplay your engagement. Or maybe you're embarrassed. I was like, don't be embarrassed of being in love, man. Freaking show it off. I tell my lady all the time, poke it out, you know. I'm a, I'm a PDA type of person. Like, I'm, like I'm, I'm slapping that asteroid when, we, uh, <laughs> when we're in public, and she don't like that. But I'm like, she's very, like, she's internal, I'm external. You know, I'm internal but external as well. So I'm like, I'm PDA. She's like, Barry. I was like, look, you're, you're, you're. I said, your beauty doesn't intimidate me. I'm like, hey, poke it out. Wear that, wear that freakum dress. Like, like I said, don't wear it on your birthday. Wear it every day. You know. So, uh, so that was my week. I forgot. I gotta, all right, let me get off Instagram because I get as soon as I start scrolling, I'm like, oh, look at my friend Liana, her beautiful daughter. This is so crazy, man. Like I, I, these people I've known for such a such a freaking long time. It's crazy because their their kids are like ten. And honestly, I wish I had kids when I was 16. I know this sounds crazy, but I wish I would have had seven kids at 16. Because we all, they'd be grown right now. Like, I could talk, to, I imagine my kids right now talking to me. And we could have real conversations right now. Like, hey, we, we grew up together. We grew up together. Imagine me sitting here in my house with my, my teenage kids talking to them about life. Like, I get, you know, I don't want to be 50. I might be 50 talking to my son who's 18. But freak, I, shout out to all my sing, my teen parents out there. I know it's crazy now, but I get it. I get it now. Looking back on it now, like, freak, I wish I had kids when I was 15. Because now they'd be 16 right now. This is bad advice. Uh, these uh, The views on this podcast <laughs> are not reflected by, well, I'm saying the views. But F it. Here we go. Uh, so I watched this uh, Netflix documentary on Walter Mercado. Walter Mercado is like... He was like the first, he wasn't this gypsy person, he was this Puerto Rican guru, this Puerto Rican guru on Netflix, and it was just so amazing watching his life story, how he was like the first innovator of like TV, where he would, everyone would go, like if you're in the big, my lady told me in the Spanish community, he was like, he was like that, he was like their Oprah a little bit, he had his own TV show, he was very flamboyant and stuff like that, it was very cool, because they don't, they never say his sexuality, but you can kind of get an idea that maybe his assistant was like his lover because they asked his assistant, so what is it? So you're like his right hand. He goes, and his left. I said, hey, come on now. Okay with it. And his left. I love that. And uh, this dude, so Marco Mercado, Mer- Mercado was 
like before Miss Cleo, before like that, he would like read your horoscopes and he would like, he was just huge. He was on Howard Stern and they talked about how he got a manager and he felt like these good vibes from his manager and he stole his name. They stole his name, they stole his image and for a while he like disappeared and he had to fight to get his name back. He lost his money and to get this money. So this whole pretty much documentary is like a where are they now? So it's so cool because he got his last lap on life. So all of a sudden, they kind of realized how he was ahead of his time. Because now everyone's in this society, we celebrate people that are different. We celebrate people from different communities. We celebrate people from different social and sexual preferences. Because it was kind of just effed up how they teased them. You know, everyone was making jokes about, like especially in that community, they were making jokes about his sexuality and their making like their lips big because he had Botox and stuff like that. So I think, it, you know, when you become a celebrity or whatever, I don't, I don't know, but, you know, people F with you and make fun of you. But it kind of was like, kind of like mean spirit a little bit. But at the end of his life, he's like 89. And they do this big museum for him. <coughs> Excuse me. But he falls and like breaks his hip because he's like super old. So <laughs> they keep asking him about death and he's talking about being eternal. And he said the most dopest thing that I wrote down watching this. Because they're asking him, is he nervous about going out and doing this celebration of him? And he goes, I never rehearsed to be myself. And for me, that's the dopest thing. Like, when you know who you are and you can control, like, who you are in life, it's like, you never rehearse to be yourself. Like, just be yourself. And that's all. So when he, he was just himself. And that's how people fell in love with him. Uh, a lot of emails are asking me about, <laughs> since I'm from Florida, I get why you guys are asking me about this, Andrew Gillum. Oh, uh, yeah, Andrew Gillum, he ran for governor of the great state of Florida, and he got caught with uh, a male escort, and he had, uh, was it heroin in the room? He had heroin and all these drugs in the room. So he just put out a statement saying, <laughs> he just put out a statement saying, I've, I've been to, what did he say? He put out pretty much a video talking about he's been through uh, treatment. He's been through treatment for uh alcoholism i was like dude you got to talk about what was going on in this this hotel room what do you mean alcohol you was out here wilding out because when he got caught he told he told the cops he was coming from a wedding and the male escort was like uh no i wasn't coming from a wedding i came here because you called me like what's up what's up andrew but right now the great state of florida the governor's just effing around so would andrew do a better job i don't know you can't you can never play what if i feel like in life we always play like what if this happens <laughs> Uh, there's, if you don't know, there's, <laughs> this is crazy to me, uh, Mike Tyson is fighting again. Mike Tyson is dang near 50-something, and Roy Wood Jr. is fighting September 12th. Uh, that is going to be something. That That is going to be something. I think it's going to be entertaining. I think eight rounds is a lot for these old men to be fighting. Roy Jones Jr. actually just had a fight, so I think he might. <sighs> this is, it's kind of crazy how so much of boxing, there's a lot of great boxers, but no one has big personalities. So we're going to, I'll pay. I'm not going to pay, but I'm going to legally download it to see Mike Tyson fight Roy Jones Jr. Yes, I definitely saw that. Uh, a lot of people asked me my thoughts on the DMX and Snoop Dogg. Yeah, F yeah, I watched it. Yeah, man. Snoop Dogg is my favorite rapper of all time. Of all time. Me personally, I just I, I love Snoop Dogg. I have all Snoop Dogg albums. Well, uh, 50 Cent, I, I always say 50 Cent because I, I remember when 50 Cent dropped. I used to wear G in it. Oh, my God. I have so many old pictures of me wearing G-Unit shirts and G-Unit hats and G-Unit everything else. <laughs> uh, but Snoop Dogg was always, my favorite personal album was uh, R&G, &R Rhythm and Gangsta. That's my favorite album when he sings. 
but I did watch it. I don't know who. I think I this this battle. Like you don't know, they do versus battles where people do that. So I had a lot of time on my hands, so I watched it. The funniest things they started the they started. <laughs> They both have done gospel albums. That's the thing. And I love DMX, too. They both have done gospel albums. And DMX said he's a he's a minister. And <laughs> they go, Snoop Dogg goes, before we start out, let's start out with a prayer. And DMX starts praying, dear Lord, thank you, God, for blessing us, not stressing us. You know, they start out praying, and then they start doing their all their songs that mis- are just misogynistic towards women. Dear Lord, we pray that we have another day, and another day we need to pray. <clears throat> Where the hoes, where the hoes, where the <laughs> Like, what? Snoop Dogg song. Snoop said it in 94. But yeah, man, I thought the, I thought this, this battle was great. They highlighted everything else. But it, it definitely had to be coordinated because Snoop Dogg has a ton of hits. And he didn't even get to the stuff from, like, rhythm and gangs to a sexual seduction. So I felt like they did it to, like, make it entertaining to celebrate both. When they start rapping at the end, that was dope. When DMX, man. There was Brenda, Leticia, Linda, Felicia, Dawn, LaShawn, Inez, and Alicia. <laughs> the crazy thing I love about DMX, he's such a big personality. There was a, when you put DMX on TV, this is the funniest thing. I remember he cursed out his son <laughs> on TV. His son is telling him how much he loved him, and he's all like, "What? I'm not going to change for you. I'm not going to change for you. What are you talking about? You, you love that dear dad? That, that's when your dad was on crack. That's what you you want your dad to be back on crack. <laughs> he said you want your dad to be back on crack. So that was uh, I just I love people celebrating music. It's so amazing how music is a barrier. It's like it's like a it's a bridge with cultures. I mean, plenty of times I was in like they said I was in this bad neighborhood of I don't know where I was. I got lost in Turkey one time. I was in Turkey. I I, I got lost. I was in Turkey. Just want want to walk out and I. This is before like Google Maps was big, so I'm lost. And I make it into this record shop, and I'm in this record shop chilling, and they're looking at me because they don't know who I am. They're trying to figure if I'm American, so I'm trying to act Canadian. But I pop in. I was like, can we play, uh, can we put in this hard drive? I pop in the hard drive, and it's Jay-Z 4-4 album. I, have, I posted on Instagram stories like maybe three years ago. And we all just start vibing in there. We start debating rap music and everything else, and then we all became friends. We start following each other. They introduced me and started bringing me to these like parties and stuff like that, and we just bonded. It was like over the summer, like three summers ago. So I really feel like music brings brings people together, and it's a stigma. I was in Egypt, and this I had. So when you go to Egypt, I had like these these bodyguards because they they you know, say they said it's dangerous or whatever, and it maybe was dangerous because. I realized I was the one doing stuff that what people weren't supposed to do because they're like, I said, can we go to Mount Sinai? And these two other, these, these are my friends now, but they didn't know me like that because we all met on this trip. There's only three people were touring with these these bodyguards. And they're like, Jared, do you know ISIS was just here in Mount Sinai? And I was like, yeah, 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 but let's go. That's where Moses got the tablets. Can we go and like at least see it? And I was like, I'll give you $50. They're like, yeah, we'll do it for $50. So all these guys have guns on their hips. They got the AK-47, and they're driving us. They're like, put the phones down, but I'm recording everything. I had two phones, so I put down one to record the other one. Very dangerous, I know. So this guy named is Mina. Mina. Both of their names is Mina, and Mina tells me, he goes, you are American. I was like, no, I'm not. I'm can- Canadian. He goes, no, 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 Americans, you can tell. I was like, how? Music. I was like, what do you mean? He goes, music plays Americans dance. And I was like, what? He goes, music play, 
American dance. And then at the end of our night, he takes us. We're at the Nile River, and we're on this little boat cruise. We're all just chilling. And next you know, music starts playing, and I don't, and it's not. And next you know, I'm on the dance floor. Halla, riya, riyakba, halla. And he looks at me, and goes American. I tell you, and I was like, freak, freak. He's right. But so much music, man. How people know about Americans is through music, man. So many people just stopped me on the street and talk about Tupac and everything else. And I think it's just good how it's so amazing how rap music. Everyone talks about how bad rap music is, but rap is the only genre of music where you can hear accents. That's where you know where people are from. You can tell a southern rapper. You can tell a rapper from England. You can tell a rapper from whatever country they're from. But when everybody sings, they all sound the same. Keith Urban sounds like he's from Tennessee, and he's from Australia. Iggy Azalea, well, she faked her accent. But Adele sounds like some country girl from Memphis, Tennessee. That's, that's amazing. So that genre of music is just like, man, I love rap music. I love music in general, but it's crazy that rap music is the only type of music that you can hear accents in. Freak, Regis Philbin died. Rest in peace, Regis Philbin. I saw a great, great long career in like broadcasting. I saw Regis Philbin in 2015 in, I think it was St. Petersburg, Florida. I forgot what this place was, but him and Don Rickles were doing a tour and they just sat there and they bantered for like an hour. They're talking about Frank Sinatra and everything else. And they're from that old, old, back in the day, a lot of entertainers had to sing, dance, and they told jokes. And he's from the old school entertainment. I remember uh, when they were trying to get Regis off the air because I don't know if he became senile, but he'd be start getting old. And he, he smacked Nicki Minaj's butt on live TV. And Kelly was like, Regis, what? No, we don't do that. And they're like, yep, Regis, you got to go. But uh, uh, rest in peace, Regis Philbin, man. Great career, great career, man. 2020, a lot of people are leaving out here. But our prayers are up. Our prayers are up for them. And ha- everyone hit me up. Kanye West, freak, I was hor. I'm not going to say I was horribly wrong about this. This will be our last topic. But uh, I, I kind of called. I knew Kanye was going to say some wild stuff. But, all right, we'll, we'll, play, we'll, play, we'll play a clip. This is first Kanye West saying saying what God told him. Here we go. This is Kanye West saying what God told him. That's it's it's just wild stuff. I know God didn't tell Kanye West this, but this is the most controversial thing Kanye West has said, and this is what he said about Harriet Tubman. We'll play this clip. Here we go. So that's a Stephen move when Harriet Tubman. Well, Harriet Tubman never actually freed the slaves. She just had the slaves go work for other white people. Y'all, we leaving right now. That girl's wild. Now I understand Kanye West says wild stuff, and I try to understand what he's saying, right? Because I feel like people watch the clip. Now, I watched the whole hour, and he was saying some real stuff. Like, he made a lot of great points. But sometimes when you say something so jarring, it's just like whatever you say, no one, no one's going to listen to the latter part. Like, I feel like he's regurgitating a point he heard from some smart person. Like, I'm saying he's smart, but sometimes when you try to regurgitate in his wrong message, right message, wrong messenger, he was trying to say that slavery, people are still slaves. That's what he's trying to say. But saying that, you're negating what Harriet Tubman did because she did free some slaves. I wanna, I'm going to play a clip from this, this dude, this dude, one of my friends. He actually made a good point. He broke down what Kanye West was saying, right? I want to play this. I'm going to play what he said because Kanye said an hour worth of stuff, and he made a lot of good points of what's happening in the society, but a lot of people just stopped as soon as they heard that point. 
by numerous headlines claiming that Kanye is woefully uninformed. Kanye is crazy. Kanye is an idiot. Kanye needs help. Not to mention all of the tweets that came from woke celebrities. you love Kanye, hate Kanye, agree with him, disagree with him, I'm not here to tell you what to think about Kanye West. I'm only here to tell you that the media once again did what they did best. They took a snippet from an hour-long campaign rally to push their narrative. If you actually believe that Kanye is unaware that Harriet Tubman helped to free the slaves, then you're actually proving Kanye's point right. We all know that traditional forced slavery doesn't actually exist today. And we know that Harriet Tubman did not have the slaves go work for other white people. But the point that Kanye was trying to make is that modern-day slavery does exist. Do you actually believe that these big celebrities at the top are allowed to say whatever they want? They're under contract. These celebrities have, quote, sold their souls. They're puppets that are being used by the people at the top to push their products and their ideologies so that you can continue to consume. As they grow bigger, we do all of the work. Kanye briefly mentioned how data companies are specifically targeting groups, such as young black girls between the age of 12 to 20. They use their data, study them, make an inference about what they're most likely to buy, and then sell that product to their parents. That was the point that Kanye was trying to make. The media works exactly the same. They feed you information that you're more likely to consume for their own benefit. This isn't a conspiracy. This is what's actually happening. In fact, if you'd like, you can go Google a couple of data companies so you can see exactly how they operate. So then why does the media push this narrative that Kanye is crazy and doesn't understand history? Because they know if you don't take Kanye seriously, then you're less likely to go pursue the clip in its entirety. That would mean that you're one step closer to beating their system and becoming free hey that was my boy that made that video and he made a good point man i think that kanye west he has good ideas he just he's the wrong person to say it how many times have you randomly scrolling or googled something right or said something to your phone and all of a sudden that ad pops up right i was trying to i was trying to do some research about a joke about the munchkin people and the wizard of oz all of a sudden i'm getting all these dating apps about are you looking for little little world versus big people? I'm like, what the? F how do they know? Or en engagement rings. All of a sudden, I get nothing but emails it's about engage every day. Engagement rings. Like I already got one. Freak. Uh, I don't know about people selling their souls. I don't. I don't really get into that. But I really think that sometimes Kanye West, like the stuff he said about his about Chris Kurt Jenner, that actually made a lot of sense because she does look like a Korean dictator <laughs> a little bit. Uh, but I think that he, the messages that he talks, I mean, when he, whenever he talks, he imagine, listen to all of his interviews. Look at all, every time he wins an award. Sometimes they're good and sometimes you're just like, all right, let's cut the mic. There was, uh, there was something that he said. He said, Kylie Jenner, he said, Kylie Jenner, smelly. I was, <laughs> that was a funny, I was like, damn, wow. It's like, it's like he's a troll. Kanye's like a troll. I think he's trolling people. But, uh. That that was that was hilarious. But honestly, my theory, this is my theory, right? This is my theory, saying I might be crazy, right? My theory was if Kanye runs for president, the CIA would have to investigate and people would start investigating into Kardashians, right? And we get to find out who Chloe's dad is. That's my whole theory. Like we wanna know who Chloe's father is. My theory is that Chloe's dad is O. J. Simpson. It has to be. All the Kardashians are five feet, four foot something. They're not that big. 
and Chloe's 5'11". So maybe if we find out she's half black, that now we understand why she was so mad at Jordan Woods because it's like, oh, black woman, you're supposed to support me. Why are we sisters going at each other? It makes more sense now. And then when people say, a lot of people have been saying, like Kanye, like when Kanye West said, uh, he tweeted, uh, everybody knows Get Out was about me, and people just like, we got to save black men when they go to the Kardashians. They brainwash them. I said, think about it like this. Think about it outside the box. All the Kardashians' kids are black. They're black girls. They're black girls, right? They're all black girls and black boys. So when the Kardashians get old and die, their billions go to black kids. What if they are the new? They're planting and making new black billionaires. Think about it. I just effed your mind up, right? Because they're going to grow up. They're going to be black kids. I mean, they're dark. They're dark kids. Yeah, they, they're biracial, but they to the society, they're still black. So they're going to grow up in the black experience. So I understand what people are saying. Like, yeah, kind of what they do to black men. But now they got black kids. So these kids are the future billionaires. Freak, I just effed. I just effed some of y'all heads up. Uh, let's, let's make a phone call. All right, folks. We're going to call. Actually, it is her birthday. If you don't know, Coco was one of our first guests on the podcast. And today is Coco it's birthday. We want to call her and get her, and she's a therapist, and get her opinion on Mr. Kanye West. All right, let's call Coco. And she doesn't even know I'm calling her. We're going to call Coco and see what she has to say. Here we go. Hello? First of all, happy birthday to you. Woo! Coco, happy birthday. How are you, madam? Thank you, Mr. Jared, for the well wishes. How are you? Good. How are you spending your birthday? You know, drove to the city this morning, setting up a new apartment, which is exciting. Mm. I did a little skateboard practicing. What? You're skateboarding now? Yeah, I'm learning. That's my quarantine hobby. I've learned. I'm learning how to skateboard. Coco, um, Coco, you're live. You're live on the podcast. One man, one tree hill. We wanna. We wanna first say hi. We want to say happy birthday, but we want to ask you, as a therapist, how, yo, because I we made a point. Like I think Kanye makes sense a little bit. What do you think? You know, I, I struggle with some of the things he said. I think it's you know he has bipolar disorder, which means he struggles with these manic and depressive episodes. I think most recently he appeared to be in what seemed like a very clear manic episode. And I think you know he acts with a lot of emotion. Everything he does, and I think a lot of times. The idea is there's just so much emotion behind what he's saying that there's truth and there's um, he makes sense with what he's saying and he reacts in a big way, which, you know, makes it kind of misconstrued and hard to process and understand. But I think there's truth. I do struggle a bit because I think he a little bit will he'll say some things that cannot be excused by his bipolar disorder, his diagnosis. Like he said, you know, some pretty misogynistic, racist um, comments that cannot be excused and ignored. But All right, what racist comments did he say? You know, to be honest, I'm not super clear on it. I just did a lot of research on people in the mental health aspect talking about it. There's been a lot of articles and people talking about it and saying that his you know, some of the things that he said, not recently, but just historically have been problematic because they'll, he'll say things and then people will say, oh, you know, he has bipolar disorder. You have to, you know, ignore what he's saying, which I think there's some validity to that. He, he acts with big emotions and sometimes what he says is probably not what he actually means. Honestly, think- when he said that Chris Jenner looks like a Korean dictator, I felt like that was accurate. I feel like she kind of does look like him a little bit. 
<laughs> you know, I, I don't I, I don't disagree. I don't have to admit. And I he do said Kylie's she, smelly. I was like, maybe you know some. <laughs> I, I mean, she's very, she probably smells good, to be honest. But, you know, I don't know. I think also, like, him writing about his life, you know, get, everyone knows that Get Out was actually about me. Like, I, I don't know if I could go as far as to say that, but I do think there's a little truth in just, you know, the whole Kardashian empire is so, like, public polished and you know made to look a certain way that i feel like it's very possible that they hinder him from saying certain things he wants to say or saying it in the way he wants to say it and he he could be being a little repressed by you know the people in his life but obviously i don't know the details i, I said him. that the harriet tubman thing was bad but afterwards yeah. he said some real he said some real stuff that people just couldn't get past yeah like i'm just wondering if when he said that if it was him trying to say that she didn't free the slaves because slavery still exists now, which it does. So I don't know if that's kind of where he was going. I think it's, it's like also right message, just, wrong person. Exactly, or even just like right message, wrong way of communicating it. Like I just think there's so much. He has so much emotion and and like struggle and behind what he's saying. Like and that it just never really comes out exactly the way it should, which I don't know if he intends it to come out that way and maybe he wants to, you know, stir up these conversations or if he really just communicated it wrong. I mean, I did see some apologize on his... Um, did you see the most recent tweet oh, that yeah, was about he, he apologized him? apologized to his wife, yeah. Did you notice there was that little piece of it that was like a blue hyperlink? It said, me too. Didn't it click? Yeah, yes. I, did you click it? No, did you? I did, and it brought me to the site that was, like, to find, like, online dating or, like, online cheaters. <laughs> now I got to click it. <laughs> which I don't know if it was just, like, it brought me to this weird link or if it was, like, you know, he made all those comments about Kim and who was it, like, Meek Mill? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, maybe said. this was some other sort of subliminal message, but I tried to, I looked on the comments on that post and I didn't see anybody else post about that link like i wonder if it was maybe just an error on my computer but it brought me to this weird site that was like online dating or like find out if your husband's cheating or something weird he's a, tr he's a troll kanye's a troll <laughs> he kind of is i mean that he's a day troll he's really aware of what uh, he's aware of everything that's going on he's just oh yeah he's aware well how do you feel about kanye running for president honestly you know before, before <laughs> Honestly, I was encouraging my I said this already. I said I just wanted them the Kardashians to be investigated by the uh CIA so we can that find out who, so we can find out who Chloe's dad is. That's all I want. You know, we've been wondering it for years. I think it's this would be the perfect time for some new info to come out. Just start spilling so they're probably not ready for him to have all this information out. But I you know, like he, this, I would like to take this space and say please don't vote for him. Well, oh my gosh. What well, well, I get that. I think if he run in 2024 and had a clear plan, it'd be think, a whole lot yes, better. I think that's a whole different story. But right now, we, we, can, we cannot, we, we can't talk, like, we can't mess around. So, that, that, at least that's my opinion. Well, um, well Coco, I want to say thank you for picking up. I know it's your birthday and you're very busy. I, I will always make time for you. Oh, thank you so much. Coco, <laughs> happy birthday. Enjoy your day. Don't talk to any scrubs because there's nothing but scrubs out there. You know how these dudes are. Oh, I know it. I appreciate everything, Mr. Jared. I hope to see you soon, hopefully not in school and 
Or in a, a, a more fun, you know, We're in setting. the New York City. It's the summer. Come out. I'm out. Wear I'll be at Queens Brewery supporting you. I'll see. I'll, I'll catch you out there. Coco, yes. thank you so much, madam. Happy birthday. Enjoy your day. Thank you, sir. Have a great day yourself. Yes, ma'am. So, folks, that was Coco. That was actually her birthday. Thank her for call, answering on her birthday. But that's the podcast, One Man, One Tree in a Hill. Uh, we got your emails. We got your emails. And uh, a lot of people have been writing, writing us. I'm going to read this review. It's actually very accurate about this. Yo, Jared, I'm going to keep it real with you. I like how people write me that. I've only listened to two episodes so far. Off those two episodes, you're a very cultivating speaker. You keep me engaged, to be honest. I was looking for One Tree Hill podcast and came across yours. I like listening enough that I might stick around for the other episodes that are not One Tree Hill episodes as well. I've listened to a couple other podcasts. None of them do it like you. I like that you know nothing about the show. I really don't know nothing about the show. And I like how you stop and dissect the commercials. Uh, I noticed you haven't uploaded a One Tree Hill episode in a minute, so I wanted to know are you still going to be doing those. And the answer is yes, I will be doing those this week. This week we're dropping uh, a One Tree Hill. Uh, we're going to drop an episode. I'm going to watch it. We're going to review it. Sometimes I don't get distracted, but I love, I just, I love talking to people, man. I love talking to people who are changing this world. I love people changing this world from the difference. So we got so many people on the podcast. It's been like a very busy week, but we're going to hit up these people. Uh, hit up my dog. I have a lot of my old dogs that are going to be doing this podcast, and a lot of people you're going to be shocked about, some people that you've heard of, some people that you haven't heard of, but I feel like the best stories are the people you haven't heard of. Uh, a lot of people email, when are we going to do video? Uh, I really don't. I really don't like the videos. I really I like audio. I like you. you like, I want you to dream and think about what this person's going through and stuff like that. That's what I like to do, envision everything else. Uh, happy b- birthday to my friend uh, uh, Jose Lito. It is his birthday. Uh, he's an old man. I want to wish him happy birthday. Uh, we did the podcast called Which Way Is Up. We did that podcast. Currently, it's on hiatus. But I'd like to wish him well. Happy birthday. I'm proud of what he is and what he's become. Also, also make sure you spread love, folks. Always spread love. Always check in on your friends. Do that. Check in on your friends. People you don't even think of. Just put a small like, a little, little heart. You see something amazing, put something down there. I freaking, uh, I forgot... One of my, I checked in on one of my friends, and she wasn't doing too well. And man, I'm just, I, I, and I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna help them create their dating profile. So hit me up, man. Hit me up. Are you receptive to new love? That's what the quote of the week was. Are you receptive to new love, man? It's hard, but f and try it out. Also, uh, subscribe, rate, review. Go to Frontline Roofing if you need a roof in Ohio. Uh, check out my friend Megan Carradine's YouTube channel. Check out our YouTube channel. And I'll catch you next week. Next week, we got a brand new episode on Tuesday, and then we got our episodes on Friday. Uh, All right, folks, that's the podcast, One Man, One Tree, and a Hill. I'll catch you next time. Same place, same person, different guest, same channel. Live on the podcast on One Man, One Tree, and One Hill. Say what up to the people. This is when I see black excellence, man. It's Dave Chappelle, Michael Che. Lauren Michaels, Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy, all sitting at the table. I said, yo, Eddie, Mr. Murphy, I said, I just want to say, man, you the GOAT, man. And you the coldest nigga that ever walked the face of the earth. And then I said, and I said, uh-uh, and I'll be the next Jamar Neighbors. Yeah. And she was up like, I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> you got to break that thing over. She wants it private, but they're not even together right now. So we haven't spoken about anything but the cat for at two least months. two months. Uh, 
ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the podcast. My name is Jerry Waters, and I'll catch you next time. Like, subscribe, rate the podcast. Have a wonderful night, wonderful day, whatever you're listening to. I'll see you soon.